Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. You've got questions, we've got answers. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock. And hey, girl, hey, I'm Julie Bender. Julie, I know this has never happened to you, but there are times I've done some very embarrassing things that I don't like to speak of in public. I mean, is this a joke? Are you trying to set me up to share an embarrassing moment? <laughs> no, I was trying to give you a pass. Oh, that's cute. Okay, well, definitely we've all had a time or two or 14 of things that we've done that maybe we would rather not admit to. And, you know, I feel like there are some maybe that we even have in common. All right. How about this one? And this one could just be you're trying to be polite. Carefully inspecting an item in the grocery store aisle because someone is standing in front of the one you actually want. Oh, where you're like just kind of standing around like, no, 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 it's fine. No, it's I'm, fine. I'm just resting from my long walk down the aisle <laughs> to this exact spot. Yeah. No, no, take your time. It's Instead fine. of saying, move over, woman or man or whomever's standing there. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay, we've probably all done this. I I'm going to take a break from the internet on my computer to pick up my phone and get on the internet. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. No breaks from the internet, obviously. Obviously. Just devices. I mean, maybe that counts. All right. Reading directions on a box of food, throwing it in the trash, then retrieving it because you've forgotten everything it says. Absolutely. I have done this a dozen a times. A thousand times. Okay, have you ever walked to the bathroom in the middle of the night and found out you ended up in the closet? Oh, yeah. And in fact, one time I walked to the bathroom in the middle of the night and came out and turned the corner too quick and hit my head on a shelf <laughs> so hard, I thought I was bleeding. I fell to the floor and started oh screaming to Dan, turn on the light, turn on the light. I think I'm bleeding. I think my eye has gone out. <laughs> and had you? No, but, but no. I do still have a dent in my forehead from oh it my years later. But oh yeah, I've, I've done it all. Okay. Has anyone else ever consumed an entire family size of whatever chips, cookies, <laughs> I don't know, dip <laughs> by themselves? Um, yes. That's the answer. Yes. In fact, I think most of us have at some point in time. We could blame it on angst depression the movie was really good so we didn't notice what we were doing I don't know but we've all done it my version is I have you know my snack or whatever and it's only mine and I have it in the hidden place and maybe I don't eat it all at one time but like it's mine no one knows it's there and I will eat it all by myself without ever sharing any of it I think that's brilliant Julie I currently have some Girl Scout cookies that no one else knows about good job <laughs> All right. How about this one? Ignoring an email for weeks. Yes. Then writing back and oh. saying, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Next part, Julie. Wait, hold on. <laughs> then writing back and saying, somehow this ended up in my spam folder. Yikes. Have you done that? <laughs> but I boy, probably, probably. it's tempting. Even if I, I usually haven't. just say, I'm bad at email. <laughs> and then I'm like, I know I'm a grown up and that's not a valid excuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. But we've all done it. All right. These are silly things 
or maybe not so silly things that we have done and most likely don't want to admit, although obviously we already have, haven't we, <laughs> We <Julie>? have, <laughs> but yeah. no one else is nodding along, right? Exactly. <laughs> but there may be other things in our life that we really don't want to share, things that we might be ashamed of or feel badly about. And maybe there's not just things that we've done, but things that we haven't done that we know we should have or think we should have and we are just plagued by it and it diminishes our self-worth or it causes us to doubt you know that we're okay in the eyes of others or even just in our own eyes yeah we want to change that view today and we do, we know we don't want to be defined by life circumstances or mm-hmm. other people's opinions which is what makes us reticent to actually say things out loud that we we may not want them to know so let's spend less time focusing on ourselves being mm-hmm. ashamed of ourselves and more on what we need to do to move forward to be secure in our self-worth i mean to try to do one episode on <laughs> helping to repair our self-worth. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a little anxious <laughs> that I won't be able to deliver. And maybe that's just okay to get out in the open to begin with. Because the truth is, is we're all going to have areas where we maybe don't feel so great about where we are or how we are or how we're perceived. And again, we're admitting that we all have that. But there might be some areas that we kind of have in common that we tend to struggle in feeling confident or finding our value and worth. And and maybe it's, you know, you feel like you're too young or you lack some sort of experience. Or maybe, maybe you think you're too old, like our friend Darlene, who will never admit how old she is. Indeed, I fear we would devalue her. (laughs) (laughs) There's truth in that statement, Julie. Oh, my word. I need to work on my self-worth, don't I? You know, the other thing that we need to think about is we, f- we focus on our shortcomings, what we're not pulling off the way we think we need to, or maybe we don't have the talents that we see in someone else and we go, we're, we're not worth very much because of that. Yeah. Or maybe we are really tied up in parts of our past whether it was a moment in time or a series of events that we did or was done to us, and we cannot get beyond thinking that that completely defines us. So true. And like Julie said, we can't unpack everything of what's holding us back or how to move forward, but we're going to take each of these and and try to do a little bit. So let, let's talk about if you think you're too young, which obviously I am not. Um, <laughs> but what you don't realize and I could see it from my perspective, is youth, and I mean youth up until you start feeling old, um, (laughs) you have enthusiasm. Hmm. You have the ability to think that things can happen, Hmm. that maybe us seasoned folks have so much life, we go, yeah, but they'd be hard. Yeah, but Hmm. it'd be really challenging. I want to tell you guys who are younger do it because you still have the energy and excitement, <laughs> energy and excitement yeah. <laughs> to get it done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes you can tell yourself I'm too young. I don't know that yet, but think about instead how much more you have the opportunity to learn, put yourself in the 
opportunities and the places and the relationships that you're going to learn. And that coupled with your energy and excitement and fresh perspective that isn't jaded by life and circumstance, um, you, you have the opportunity to far surpass because you're willing to embrace the learning side of things. Well, and I'm telling you this, don't let other people tell you you can't, especially us old people who (laughs) will give you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. Don't let another's opinion stop you from what you're passionate about. Go for it. Yeah. And I would also say, take take this time where you're young to purposefully surround yourself by someone who may be older or more seasoned, especially in the areas where you find yourself excited about learning and get a mentor, you know, get somebody who has done the things you want to do or that you're interested in doing or has the type of life you desire and submit yourself to learning from them. And that will be a mutually beneficial relationship for both of you. Um, A lot of times you might have to seek it out because I, I do think that mentorship is outside of the business world and maybe some circles of faith. It's kind of a lost art. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may have to, you know, go to someone and say, Hey, I, I want to learn from you in this way because I'm, you know, I believe that you can teach me things I would learn no other way. And, and they may be a little reticent. Um, but I think that that would be an opportunity to really bless and enrich both of your lives. Well, which leads us to, you think you're too old, and Julie just gave us something to go, no, we have Mm -hmm. value. We actually have life experience that can encourage them, that can help them have a little more wisdom and maybe avoid a few mistakes that they might make when they're going down a road. For sure. I mean, who hasn't heard the um, ability to learn from someone else's mistakes? I mean, how much we can benefit from going to someone who has been there and can kind of guide you to and away from things that really, you know, would would be a blessing or a burden if, if you, you know, didn't have that guidance. And so I definitely think there's so much wisdom and value from an older generation. And, and it's not just old people that this is important for. I'm actually feeling a little convicted. I have somebody who has reached out to me a few times to want to get together and I have a baby now. So I'm like, but I have a baby. I have a baby. <laughs> I mean, like, that's a good that reason. A yeah. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just gonna have to say, I'm not cool. I can't meet you at the coffee shop. Come to my house and watch me and my baby. Yeah, for sure. And do you know, it doesn't matter what age you are when you look to find someone to invest in. I think you need to actively do it. My father-in-law, when he was in his late 70s, early it was early 80s, he had on his heart, there was this young preacher who just thought he wanted to be a preacher. He preached one sermon at one church. My father-in-law bought a set of commentaries, Mm. physical commentaries. He didn't know this guy. He bought a set of physical commentaries, went to the service, walked down the aisle with his cane, tapped the guy on his foot and said, come with me. Walked him out to his car and said, God told me to give these to you. Here they are. And they started in every Sunday meeting together and talking about life and relationships and marriage and faith and invested in this young pastor who now is the pastor of a flourishing church. I love that. Yeah. So he took it on himself. I'm telling you guys to do the same thing. Well, can I also just remind us that something we do benefit from someone who is years ahead of us 
is we can recognize from them and learn from them that you get past the burden of other people's opinions. And so I, I know from being around you, you have told me a thousand times that I should care less about some of the things that I care about, that I'm, I'm not going to care so much down the road. And it, it is encouraging to me when you say that it makes me kind of think, so why do I care so much now? And, and putting yourself around that. And if you are, you know, the older person, you can encourage the younger generation to not take themselves so seriously or not take the other people so freaking seriously. Oh, so true. Which leads us, I think, to the fact that we focus a lot on our shortcomings because we're looking around and I know your generation, your generation, that sounds really bad. (laughs) That makes you sound like old. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're really not. Okay. (laughs) Also, can I just say weakness? Because I feel like shortcomings, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not short. (laughs) Maybe you like that word because you're short, but our generation (laughs) says weakness. (laughs) All right, your weakness because short is not a negative term because I am one that thinks I'm not. Um, so I'm not I'm not old and I'm not short. In case you wondered. Oh my god! Can we please put our picture in this episode show notes? <laughs> we can. All right, back to our weaknesses, yep, things yep. that we actually wonder about ourselves Mm. that are we good enough are we smart enough are we mom enough Mm. are we wife enough are we girlfriend enough are we thin enough let's just go through the the list Uh are we enough ultimately yeah i think so much of our value and our perceived worth is tied to what we do and not so much who we are and so a lot of the shame that we feel might be tied to our season of life. You know, have we yet met the guy or had the kid or, you know, gotten the career or said no to the career to stay home and be that stay at home wife or mom? I mean, I, you literally could find people who think each one of those sentences is the absolute right way and is struggling because that's not how her life has panned out. Have you watched Bluey? Do you know that cartoon? Is that a kid show? I it feel is. like I've heard, I've, I'm avoiding it. Okay. You, when Rev gets a little older, you need to watch it. It's adorable. But okay. there is one episode, and I could have the title wrong, so I'll get it in the show notes, but I think it's called Baby Race. And it's about moms and their babies and how one is walking before the other one mm-hmm. is. And da, 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 you know. And I think that's part of it is we put a lot of pressure on yeah. ourselves watching other people. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to do that. It's that whole comparison is the thief of joy. And we would not see ourselves as less than as much if we weren't comparing ourselves to Karen. I don't know. I just put the name out there. I mean, I don't think we actually compare ourselves to Karen because we think that Karen is always bad. But you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Poor Karen. Yeah. (laughs) But literally, we would measure so much better in our own eyes if we weren't comparing ourselves to the person next to us in our freaking social media feed, or maybe it's our sister or our neighbor or the mom in the classroom. None of that really is where we're supposed to get our worth. No, and we need to find our worth in our talents, in our abilities, in our personality. But what if you don't have any? You don't have any. Julie, you have a lot. No, of I'm not saying that, but somebody thinks that. <laughs> somebody thinks that, Dar. It's the truth. Somebody does. Okay, here's, here's what you do, ladies. Whatever is natural to you will lead you to your talents, okay? What I mean by that is if you're creative, if you're crafty, if you like to redecorate, 
Just like Julie. Yeah. And literally all three of those things, I'm like, no. Yeah. But well, that you, might be you. Yeah. You, you're very artistic. You are a creative person. All right. If you love math, if you love science, if you have excelled in those subjects, you're analytical. So your talents and your abilities will fall in that. If you're relational, if you're public, if you like being in the middle of a, a crowd, your talents are building relationships mm -hmm. and building bridges. So don't think you have to look for some grand, this is what I'm able to do. Mm -hmm. Look at what's natural to you, what you love to participate in, and that will guide you to what you can do. And it's uniquely yours. It's not anybody else's. And it's what you are supposed to be, what you are supposed to accomplish. And if you do, you bring worth. You tell them, Dar. <laughs> yeah. End episode. End scene. Definitely end scene. No, for real. And I think that, that somebody needed to hear that. I, I think too many of us expect that, you know, our weakness is the thing we lead with, but instead we can embrace our strengths. And you know what? Most of us really only have one or two, and that is certainly enough. It is. I think, especially in this social, in this social media age where we can see everyone, we think everyone is doing a million different things and really awesome at all of them. And it's just not true. It's tiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when women look at that and go, I need to be like that, uh, don't mm -hmm. just don't because nobody needs to be like that even the people who pretend to be yeah and it's filtered so there's that <laughs> I mean I filter my stuff anyway okay so then of course there's the past so many of us end up really kind of stuck because of a past thing and there is grace if that has been you so hear that first there is grace for you if you have really been stuck because of something that was done to you or that you did in your past, we get it, but you don't have to live there. We want you to be able to own that it was part of your story, but be able to continue to move on. So true, Julian. I think that most women have something that they're not proud of or something they question that they did or had done to them. Mm -hmm. But it can be various levels. It can be various things. So it makes you afraid to say anything out loud because you fear the opinion of others. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hear what they have to say about your life. And here's the deal. It's not vital to tell everyone. You know, we've had some of our episodes recently have had women like Tracy, like Lila, who are telling parts of their lives that are very difficult to share and very revealing and, ex and makes them extremely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But they felt they were supposed to do that because it can help someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the challenge to each of us. What part of our past is important for us to share and who do we share it to? Mm -hmm. And then what part do we just keep? Because indeed, it's the past. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think especially hearing an episode or hearing us week in and week out, you might think we're telling you you need to go out and share all of your business with all of the people. And no, there isn't wisdom in that necessarily. Um, so I think you're really right to remind people that it's okay to keep parts of it back from the masses. But you never know when something you're willing to embrace and share could really be a benefit to someone else. Well, and I know you've probably been in a room too, Julie, where there's a bunch of women and everyone's trying to talk about all the good stuff in their life. It may be a woman's Bible study or a committee meeting or whatever. And y'all just 
spit polish, as they used to say. That that had to do with shoes. They would spit on it and polish it, which is no. totally gross. I don't know why I went there. Um, but it's like you would try to make yourself and everyone else look perfectly good. And then when someone all of a sudden is vulnerable and admits or shares something that's going on in their life, there's so many you me too's in the room. There's so many... Yeah, I've experienced that. Yeah, my heart's been broken that way. Yes, I've gone through that. So, you know, realize that sharing can also help someone else. For sure. I, I think maybe the next step beyond, you know, owning that, yes, you have a past because you do. It's then reconciling, you know, moving beyond the past and then actually embracing hope for the future. And I think some of our listeners are there like, okay, I'm willing to admit that it's okay to move on from my past, but how, and what's my next step and what are some practical things that I need to do in order to move forward with excitement, with joy, with positivity, with, you know, purpose. I think the starting place is kind of a level playing field. You're not alone. You're not the only person who has a past. So if you go, everyone does. So it's kind of a common theme. That doesn't mean it's insurmountable. That just means it's part of life. Mm -hmm. When I think a reminder for us, especially as Christians, to never forget the fact that God doesn't God doesn't weigh our sins. He doesn't say, you know, Susie was better than Sally because she did this. And that's not how God sees us. So we really have to purposefully choose not to weigh ourselves against that measuring scale either. It's so hard to do, but it's also really freeing when we stop and remember, you know, thinking back to the Bible, how many times have we talked about those jokers, the people that were written about in the <laughs> Bible that we want to hold up on one hand as like a pedestal. When we peel back their stories, every single one of them has a few times where we're like, really Moses or really David, but they're also the heroes of our faith. And God doesn't he doesn't weigh those things the way that we do. And there's freedom in that for us. It's true. And, you know, looking back um, on the Jesus revolution time period, people would get up and it was like, if you were the bigger sinner, it was the coolest thing in the world. Mm. If you could get up and say, I did drugs, I was homeless, I was this, I was that. It's like the whole room went, we are celebrating, we are dancing mm. on the roof. And now it's like, I don't, you don't want to say my past hmm. was destructive and I've been redeemed. And I can tell you neither one of those is right. Mm -hmm. It's not like God loves more because you sinned more. Mm -hmm. And it's not like God loves less because you sinned less. Neither one is correct. God simply loves across the board. So you, you don't need to glory in your past, but neither do you run need to run from it. Yeah. I think a big part of moving forward with hope instead of being stuck in the past is, you know, really identifying and separating out the lies that we're believing. I mean, I think that's maybe even become like a buzz phrase that maybe we, we throw out there and nobody knows what it, what it really means. But I've found myself recently kind of, you know, in stressful moments, I, these sentences come in where on like half of my brain can be like, that's literal insanity. But then the other half is like, but it's so true, Julie, you really are impossible or whatever I'm telling myself in this moment. And we have to be able in our moments of clarity, you know, like when I'm spiraling, it's hard for me to be like, no, nah, Jules, that's not right. But when the moment passes, when the stressful time passes, we really need to kind of sit with what are those things that I continually think about myself 
that I actually know are not true, but they come to me in my down moments when I'm stressed, when I feel a shortcoming, (laughs) when I'm feeling (laughs) weak or when I mess up, what are the things that I tell myself? How many times has Dr. Zoe told us our self-talk, we talk to ourselves more than anyone else. And what are those things that we need to really get out, get out of our line of thinking and our language and the words we're allowed to continue to say to ourselves in order to move beyond these past shackles. I'll go ahead and call them. That seems really intense, but I'm going to leave it there. It's true. (laughs) I think that's an appropriate phrase. And, you know, to unshackle, taking Mm -hmm. that a little bit further, to get past all of those lies and the past that you're struggling with or the weakness slash shortcoming that you have, (laughs) whatever it is, you, you have to start with this. Your worth was determined Mm -hmm. even before you were born. Yes. You were valuable way before you entered this earth and you are now. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we said on here that, you know, no one's better than another and God loves us all. And we do think that's true, but sometimes we don't think it's true about ourselves. It's like, we want to say the thing and, and maybe we want to remind ourselves to treat other people that way, but we forget that it applies to Julie too. Okay. That could end the episode right there. (laughs) (laughs) It is so true because we do that. We, we love to tell other people they're equal and valuable, but what about us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we want to encourage our friend and when she's struggling, we tell her all the beautiful things about herself. Well, why can't we treat ourselves the very same way? All right. So you need to say this to yourself. I am unique. I am gifted. I am here for a purpose then you need to explore all of that for you, not for someone else. It's great to encourage one another and support one another. We're big believers in that as women. But sometimes we have to be our own cheerleader. We have to be the person who goes, oh, look at me. I I am analytical. I Mm -hmm. am creative. I am relational. I am whatever it is. And that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's a lovely thing. In fact, that's a valuable thing, and it's in me. And cheerlead yourself. Can I make a big confession here? I don't know how much time we have left. We're good. Go ahead. Recently, this is fun. Recently, in one of my downward spirals, that could be a whole podcast series, right? Yeah, <laughs> Recently, in my downward spiral, I was having a moment of I really freaking talk too much. I don't know if you're aware, um, and, and I know this because my son talks too much. It's like this really weird mirror thing. Well, we're having a lot of conversations, which is ironic, with my son about how much he talks, right? And my husband doesn't talk as much, and so he doesn't understand why Lincoln talks so much. And then he often reminds me that I talk a lot too, and maybe that's where it came from. And so I found myself being like, I do talk so much. And so I should probably stop podcasting because it is glorified talking. Yes, Dar, your face went, what? I, Julie... (laughs) Okay. No, but this happened. This was in my downward spiral. <laughs> okay, like, keep going. Here is, here we'll is unpack the it. Okay, go ahead. Here is the problem. I talk for a living, and it makes me think I should keep talking all of the time. So when the stressful, chaotic, spirally moment ended, I'm like, hmm, but really, God, do you want me to stop my podcasting? Because maybe that was just the stress spiral and not really the truth. And I had to really kind of sit with that for a few days to determine if that was my shame, if it was my insecurity, if it was my I'm not a good enough mom voice, 
what was it and what am I supposed to do with that? Would you like to now counsel me? (laughs) (laughs) All right. What I'm going to tell you is this, Julie, and this is true of all of us. Our weakness and our strength are parallel tracks. Okay. Your strength is you talk. Your weakness is you talk. Okay, that'll breach. (laughs) And and that's perfectly fine. Because what we're really good at, we can stumble in as Mm -hmm. well. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just part of it. Mm -hmm. And if we recognize that, then we go, okay, we're going to use that in our strengths. We're going to deliver on whatever that gifting is. And then try to figure out when to tamper it a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's okay, too. But don't think just because you're an exuberant talker that it's not your gifting because Julie, it is. Well, I mean, I I say that in hopes that somebody else can relate and think like, I bet there's an area of my life that when I mess up or because I had that bad patch in, in the bunch of good things that I've done, I should throw it all away. And I think we're saying no, (laughs) like there is, there are lessons to be learned. There is more life to be lived. There is more purpose to be pursued. There is more on the other side of where you are right now. And both the good parts and the bad parts will work together for the next leg of your journey. So don't be discouraged. Recognize that you have incredible value and worth and purpose today, yesterday, and for as many more days as God chooses to give you. I love it. And remember this, your past is actually part of your purpose. What you experienced you know, negative as it could have been, uh, challenging or as mistake-ridden as it was, it is part of who you are today, and it's probably the part that has given you the most strength. It's probably the part that has made you the most compassionate and understanding and resourceful, and embrace that. Mm -hmm. Don't run from your past. Realize that it is part of your current and your future and makes you a stronger woman. I saw that you wrote this on the notes and I was like, okay, I think maybe that's my next tattoo. It's probably not, but you know, I don't know if I'm getting another tattoo, but I'm just, you know, I'm just testing those words. (laughs) Okay. Here's the, here's the quote that may or may not just go on my Instagram. Your past can still inform you, but it never has to define you. And I just think that's so powerful. I think sometimes we send this message like, forget it all. (laughs) And it's like, well, none of us are doing that well. So can we just give the grace to say like, no, it can inform you, but it doesn't define you. I find that so helpful. Yeah. And it's true. Now we have to go to what I think is one of the most important parts of us finding our worth and us looking at our past and putting it in perspective. And that is that our creator, the God that we serve is the one who will restore us, who will redeem us, who will transform us into the person that he knows that we can be. And will use us in spite of ourselves along the way as he's making us into the most complete version of ourselves. He will use us even though we're going to stumble and fall and mess up and get back up and do really good things and then do not so good things. There is so much hope in looking at the way God even throughout the Bible, used people who, in spite of themselves, were nothing. But because he was using them and because he was with them, they became something that brought incredible value to the world. And we have that very same ability. True. And if you doubt that this God loves you that beautifully and unconditionally, I encourage you to go to the book of John. John, one of his disciples in that book, wrote five times 
that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. And I've, I've read that and went, I want to feel that way. I want to say that out loud. I want to go, I'm the one that Jesus loves. I am the, I am the one that Jesus loves. Mm-hmm. Say that to yourself and realize the truth of it because he does. Well, I mean, with that in mind, should we just use one of John's verses to close out the episode? We should. If you know any verse from the Bible, you probably know this one, and that's John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Not just this life does he heal us, but he takes us on to the one to be with him. So we hope this episode has been encouraging to you as you choose not to be defined by your past, not to be stuck in any shame, but recognize that you have inherent and incredible worth and value. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show so more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend you think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.